The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Over a decade ago, the people of Venezuela were thrown into chaos. Political unrest, economic hardship, and unbearable living conditions forced millions to flee their homes and seek refuge in neighboring countries, with Colombia feeling the impact more than any other. Those who fled to Colombia faced a new set of struggles, overcrowded and unsanitary living conditions, limited access to food, shelter, and healthcare, and a constant fear of violence and instability. The situation in Cucuta, a city located on the border between the two countries, was particularly challenging. With refugees crossing the border on foot in search of safety and basic necessities, putting a strain on local resources and infrastructure. Amidst this chaos and devastation, God was at work, providing a glimmer of hope embodied by our friends at Iglesia Cristiana para la Frontera, the Christian church for the border located in Cucuta. This church has been a lifeline for countless families who have fled the crisis, providing not only material aid, but also answering God's call to love their neighbors. In March of 2019, Pastor Chris led a team to visit the border, and through our friends at Vereda Church in Mexico City, we were introduced to the pastor of Iglesia para la Frontera, Mauricio, his wife Isabelina, and instantly developed a relationship. Over the past four years, we've heard stories and witnessed firsthand their tireless efforts to provide food, shelter, medical care, education, and most importantly, hope. Our partnership with Iglesia para la Frontera is rooted in a shared calling to serve those in need, a shared belief in the inherent value and dignity of every person, and a shared responsibility to care for the most vulnerable members of society. Our commitment to this partnership goes beyond providing financial assistance. We consistently show up and are present to support and celebrate those who are doing the hard work every day serving on the border. The stories of hope and resiliency shared by our friends at Iglesia para la Frontera are inspirational, a true testament to God's faithfulness. Despite facing seemingly insurmountable challenges, they have transformed their ministry into a sustainable and overwhelmingly beneficial staple at the Colombia-Venezuela border in Cucuta. Their unwavering commitment to caring for those in need exemplifies the transformative power of faith and community, demonstrating what can happen when we step boldly into God's purpose for our lives. This is Pastor Chris, and you may be in Houston today. In fact, you are if you're sitting in our building at 1100 Elder, 325 Piney Point. But you're not gonna stay there. Today, I'm gonna take you to Cucuta, Colombia, uh, an area they call La Parada. It's the, the area around the border, the La Frontera de Venezuela y Colombia. 
And it's in this place that we have seen more beauty than almost any place I can describe. And that's really the story of scripture, is that we move to the dark places. We go to the places other people don't want to go. I can promise you, there aren't any tourists coming to Cucuta, Colombia. If you want to do a Spanish immersion, I highly recommend coming here because everybody speaks Spanish. You go to Mexico City or Cancun or wherever, people are going to talk to you in English, but not here. It's in this place that our friends, Pastor Mauricio and Pastor Isabelina, they took a huge step of faith. And I got to tell you, as you hear some of the stories today, it's going to change the way that you want to live in Houston. And it's going to remind you that at Ecclesia, we're not just Christians, we're global Christians. We belong to a global family. The stories today are going to inspire you. And my hope is more than anything, they're going to remind you part of what Paul told the church in Galatians. And he said this, it's a famous passage, right? He said, make no mistake, God can't be mocked. What you give is what you get. What you sow, you harvest. Those who sow seeds in their flesh, he says, in the physical world, they're going to reap those same seeds. But he says, those who sow seeds into the spirit shall harvest everlasting life from the spirit. And then he says this, may we never tire of doing what is good and right for the Lord, because in his season, we shall bring in a great harvest. Ecclesia, we're not perfect. You're not perfect and I'm not perfect, but I'm so grateful that I have a vibrant faith because I get to be a part of a vibrant story. We're doing things that matter together. And today you're going to hear some of those stories. And I hope you leave inspired and reminded what it means to be a true Christian. ¿Cómo estás? Soy el pastor de la iglesia en Houston. Con un proyecto aquí. ¿Te gusta baseball? Sí. ¿Cómo estás? See, the truth is, the church in Colombia is not different than a lot of places. People want to be comfortable. They, they want to have a kid's ministry. They want things to work for them. So when Mauricio and Isabelina decided that to follow Jesus meant to serve Venezuelans in the time of crisis, it was more than anybody in their church could fathom. When they rented a building at the border instead of in downtown Cucuta, where all of their church was, and said, we're going to move to the place where people are hurting, nobody wanted to go with them. It was hard, and yet they knew it was right. And we got to come alongside of them, and I want you to hear directly from them about this story of faith. En el centro de Cúcuta tenemos una iglesia para colombianos. Llevábamos operando nueve años allá en el centro de Cúcuta en diferentes locaciones de Cúcuta, diferentes ubicaciones. Pues como que íbamos a la iglesia, en, sí, en Cúcuta, yo atendía a la gente que llegaba y le insistía a las personas porque vinieran a la iglesia. Bueno, era como, como muy rutinario. Pero llegamos a este lugar de la frontera en donde vimos una dinámica totalmente diferente. Vimos ver una oportunidad mayor para llevar el mensaje de la cruz. Los miedos de no saber cómo hacerlo, cómo llegar a la gente, 
con tanta desesperación? ¿Cómo llegar a la gente con tanta necesidad? ¿Cómo llegar a la gente y no tener para suplir esa necesidad? ¿Cómo llegar a personas que estaban enfermas llorando desesperadamente? Y nosotros, pues, ¿cómo hacer para poder tener una respuesta para ellos? Bueno, yo creo que esta historia con los venezolanos es la misma historia que nosotros con mi esposa tuvimos con el Señor. Nosotros no somos de la ciudad de Cúcuta, ninguno de los dos. Nosotros llegamos hace 17 años a Cúcuta y alguien nos abrió la puerta y nos dio una habitación para vivir. Eh, vine a transformar mi corazón. Creo que Dios me trajo a este lugar para hacer de mí una mejor versión. Ahora conozco, tengo más revelación de su misericordia, de su bondad, de su amor. Y creo que puedo entender más a la gente que lo que antes hacía. La esperanza con estas niñas, quiero verlas primero eh, amando al Señor eh, con una mentalidad muy diferente, que puedan tener esperanza ellas también, ¿sí? que puedan verse diferentes, que puedan... Eh, que ellas sean las que puedan ayudar a sus familias también, que, sean, que yo quiero verlas que puedan graduarse de su colegio, que puedan graduarse de una universidad, que se vean ellas profesionales, que ellas puedan tener un hogar establecido y que puedan servir al Señor junto a sus familias. My guess is that you can see in Mauricio and Isabelina what I see. It's their heart. They, they love everybody. And their willingness to love Venezuelan kids has created a whole new world here. Everything started here. And what we're looking at is really different than what was here four years ago. In fact, this bridge just opened to car traffic. Everyone was coming across to get goods and they were pushing it. And now things are changing. And that's part of what we're going to tell you more about, how things have changed since we started at this building that Mauricio decided to rent, even though they didn't have the money, right around the corner. So Venezolano. But only su familia. Ah, que ciudad? Caracas. Caracas. Sí. Muchas gracias. Siempre. Mucho, mucho. Ecosia, I love this place so much. And for what most people see is just chaos, right? But there's an ecosystem happening here, and it has been from the beginning. Uh, we started at the building around the corner with Pastor Mauricio renting this building out and not knowing what to do. And we threw the biggest party you have ever seen. 5,000 hamburgers, right? The number 5,000 was always significant in the Bible when Jesus fed them. And then, I love walking around this area because it's got its own economy. Abuelas come out and they, they sell their cakes, right? And we'll buy their cakes and we'll give them away. We love doing it from the beginning. There are people making and selling. Today, you'll notice I look a little different. I love to buy anything from somebody out here. They're entrepreneurs. We get to help support them. I just got a haircut. I don't know how it looks, but my beard's definitely trimmed up. 
Nothing like getting your hair cut in La Parada, La Frontera de Venezuela. Everybody's trying to make it over here. People are doing whatever they gotta do. My brother's an entrepreneur. So I, I gotta support an entrepreneur. See? Guapo. Gracias. And uh, an amazing Venezolano hermano. He's here cutting hair. He goes back to Venezuela every night. But he comes and sets up his chair and does his work. And maybe that's part of the big transition that's happening here. We used to be in disaster relief. People were starving. And the kitchen was just feeding people, trying to give people the basic protein, especially kids that were malnourished. We were doing medical clinics because people didn't have access. So I can see what we're seeing here and on these streets is a transition. It's a transition towards sustainability. And that's why we're excited to partner with Iglesia Frontera in this season, because they're moving from uh, disaster relief to helping people establish a new life, vocations and trades. I'm really grateful for our sister Paula. She's led this effort from the beginning in the kitchen and feeding, and now with all kinds of new programs. She's amazing, and I want you to hear directly from Paula. Mi nombre es Paula Bermeo y soy venezolana. Eh, hace muchos años soy parte de Iglesia para la Frontera. Hace cuatro años que comienza todo ese trabajo eh, con el equipo de Iglesia para poder trabajar en el comedor. Me invitaron a ser parte del equipo de trabajo. La propuesta inicial del Pastor Mauricio es que fuera eh, formara parte del equipo de cocina, que era lo que se estaba necesitando en ese momento. En Venezuela, pues mi profesión Eh, yo soy contadora y era lo que yo estaba haciendo en ese momento, tenía mi oficina contable, pero lamentablemente eh, los recursos que recibía por mi profesión eh, no, no me ayudaban. Tomo la propuesta del pastor Mauricio de empezar a trabajar en la cocina. Eh, entonces pues era un reto porque en ese momento no sabía ni siquiera fritar un huevo. El mayor temor para la población migrante que, que ha estado aquí en la parada en ese entonces de pandemia, el temor para ellos no era la pandemia, o sea, no era el, el estar uno eh, muy pegado del otro, era el enfermarse, el temor de ellos era no tener que comer, era no tener cómo alimentar a sus hijos. Se subió, fuimos subiendo de 140, 200 almuerzos a la semana, 300, hasta que llegamos a 1.000 almuerzos diarios y mil teteros diarios. Había un equipo aproximado de 10 a 15 personas que se encargaban de toda la parte de lactancia. Soy Pastor Chris. 
evening. Mucho gusto. When I was growing up, the church was kind of a somber place. I hope at Ecclesia it's a place where kids want to celebrate. And this place has been that. I've been dancing with abuelas here on the streets while we celebrated. This was a place that people would come and get clean water at the beginning because as we began the partnership here, it was really disaster relief. Uh, we were bringing clean water. This room inside was set up almost entirely as a medical clinic. We were seeing kids that were really struggling and uh, people were in a difficult place medically. It was really important. Now, we've moved to a more sustainable model. People aren't in the same kind of crisis. And so it's in this room now on every Sunday that we gather for worship. In fact, Ecclesia helped lead worship, our team. Jeremy was on drums and Chrisley was singing and the whole team engaged uh, the church as a part of a global church. And in this room now, one of my favorite places, in addition to the bakery upstairs that we funded in the kitchen and all the great things, is a sewing room. It's in this room that Venezuelan ladies have learned a skill that enables them to pay the bills. They're making shoes and sweatshirts and hoodies. We're hoping to bring some back. But it's not just about the vocational opportunities. It's about bringing people into the family in a way that transforms their whole life. And our sister Emily is a perfect example of that. She works here in the sewing room and it's been huge for her. But it's the hospitality and the sense of family at the church that's really transformed her life. I want you to hear directly from our sister Emily. Es que no estoy acostumbrado. Está contando tu historia. Tu regalito es importante. Sí, porque sirve de inspiración a personas. Bueno, mi nombre es Emily. Hace cinco años, cinco cuatro años llegué acá. Llegué como todo migrante. Llegué durmiendo en la calle, cosa que nunca Lo pensé porque viví en un techo y llegar a la calle a dormir con mi familia fue muy duro. Nunca creía, pues sí creía en Dios, pero no, no, no en las personas. Siempre veía que las personas fallaban. Cuando Emily, bueno, llega a la iglesia y me dio cuenta que ella no tiene recursos, que la situación es muy difícil pues, para ella, para su familia. Cuando todas las oportunidades que yo veía en la iglesia donde ella pudiera involucrarse y pudiera ganar un sueldo, pues ella era como la primera que estaba. Desde ahí ellos me han dado la oportunidad de como que creer. Ellos me dieron la oportunidad de ser maestra, pianista, eh, he sido, he aprendido costura, guarnición, eh, técnicas vocales, soy parte del grupo de alabanza, voz principal. Siempre animándola muchísimo, animándola mucho porque el tema interno de ella no ha sido tan fácil y la, la influencia que tiene tampoco ha sido tan fácil, pero gracias a Dios eh, ella ha dispuesto su corazón y siempre ha dicho que sí y el Señor ha venido obrando en su corazón. Es la familia que siempre quise, siempre le decía a Dios que, que yo quería una familia. 
espiritual, quiero verla que ella eh, se exprese y pueda eh, vivir con más libertad en el Señor. No sé qué más decir, ellos son las mejores personas que he podido conocer porque me han demostrado su cariño, su amor. Ellos me inspiran a que yo siga creyendo y siga persiguiendo mis sueños. Ecclesia, my hope today is that you stayed in your chair, but I got to take you to the Venezuela border. This is a sacred place. It's a beautiful place. And we're reminded today that we're a part of something really meaningful. But that starts in our own hearts. And so I want to invite you this Lenten season to dig deeper, to walk closely with God, to join in your place at the table. Today, I, I got to stop while we were walking and just... There are plenty of people, Venezuelans, that will come up and these two Venezuelan sisters just, you know, they wanted some food. So we stopped and we had a hot dog together. And I can tell you, they've got a story. Everybody does. You've got a story. And you know what? Your story, it's yours to tell. And when you share it, it blesses somebody else. We've learned at Ecclesia that we bond around the table in the midst of our brokenness, our struggles, and our victories. And my hope is this Lenten season that you would join with one of our groups You, you may only be there four weeks, so if you don't like the people, it's kind of over with. But my guess is you're going to love the people. If you go to ecclesiahouston.org slash Lent group, you'll find some groups all over the city. Some are going to be experiences. We're going to share some meals. I'm going to be hosting a lot of them. It's a chance for four weeks to meet new people. And if you don't like them, you don't ever have to see them again. But my guess is you're going to realize, like Paula and Mauricio and Isabelina and Emily, those people have great stories too. And that when you're faithful and they're faithful, It comes together and it multiplies. As we lead towards Easter, would you consider joining a group, sharing your story, growing in your faith, growing in our generosity so we can continue to do things like this? I believe, Ecclesia, that God has a plan for us. If you want to learn more about what's happening here, we've got a podcast that'll come out on our YouTube channel. It'll post on social media. Um, Cassie O'Haver on our staff. Cassie's been a longtime Ecclesia staff member. She hears these stories, but she's never been here. And she'll join Ramon Huertas and I to tell you more stories about what's happening here. And maybe you'll feel prompted one day to come and join us in person. Let me pray for you. And let's ask God to bless us during this Lenten season. God, I thank you for the people of Ecclesia, for the chance to truly be the church, a people that serve others selflessly in a way that governments and bureaucracies never could. God, we're grateful for our friends and our family, our partners here. And we ask God that as we move towards Easter, that we would be reminded that resurrection is happening. It's happening here in Cucuta. It's happening in our lives and in Houston. You're bringing back to life what was once dead. Lord, may it be so. We pray this together and we pray it in your name. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. Ecclesia, join us as we share a bit more and head towards communion together. I, I wish I could fully express to you how much returning from a trip like this, despite doing two red eyes in one week, two red eyes, one red eye in one week is too much, two is way too much. But I, I hope you can tell from the energy of my voice and the smile on my face that being a part of a story like this is what makes me excited to be a follower of Jesus. 
that the kind of Christianity that I've seen too often that's about piety and separating yourselves, it just doesn't work and it's not real. But this thing where we move to the dark places, the so-called dark places, right? Because most people would tell you if you ask a typical Colombian, I, I've got a Colombian neighbor, right? And she, she'll tell me like, Cucuta is the armpit of Colombia, right? It's like no one wants to go. And I go there and I'm like, it is beautiful. And you know why it's beautiful? Because the people are beautiful. Mauricio and Isabelina are beautiful and they inspire me to live that kind of life of faith. I knew more than four years ago that I loved Pastor Mauricio when I asked him one question. And maybe it's because we started a church with nothing. We bought a building years ago in Montrose. We could not afford that building and we Definitely couldn't afford it when we found out that to to abate the asbestos that was literally falling from the ceilings was gonna cost a six-figure amount. And I remember going, what am I doing, right? Am I crazy? And we got there and Mauricio rented this building at at the border and then realized nobody in his church wanted to go to the border. And I asked him, so I go, Mauricio, what's the plan to like, pay for the building and and he looks at me just cold faces there is no plan like there is no plan there is no money right he just knew it was the right thing and I got to tell you to be a part of a church that in that moment I said to him right I said we got it and I knew you were going to back my play that I could come back here and we'd go we got it We got it, and it's not that big of an amount, but it's huge for them. And what we did this last year, and the hardest year we've ever had financially, we bought the adjacent building. So we sent a six-figure amount to the church, and they purchased the adjacent building so they could expand and do more. And so we're renting that building where the church is, you saw that, and then part of it was shot in this other church building that now the church owns because you're faithful to do what you do. And I gotta tell you, Ecclesia, to me, it changes the way that we want to live. And I wonder, like, when's the last risk you took like that? Where if God didn't show up, you were like, I don't know what'll happen next. As I'm there, right, we, um, we went to a new community I'd never been to before, near the border areas. And what's happening is Venezuelans are just setting up and they're building homes. And there are a few people I want you to pray for. All the people you saw in the video. There's one young sister I would love for you to pray for. Uh, By the way, before we tell that, I got to thank the Houston Astros because when we were there, not only uh, did we love, you know, our love for Venezuelan people, it didn't come to me just from God. It came from loving Jose Altuve. And (laughs) And when I realized how much I loved Jose Altuve, I realized I could love other Venezuelan people and I prayed for them more. And that's literally part of what probably got us into this journey. But the Astros donated an amazing amount of gifts uh, for the kids there. Um, we, we literally have thousands of backpacks that have jerseys and hats in them. And all the kids at the school got those. Pastors in Venezuela are gonna be receiving those to give to kids in their churches. Do you know what that means? And they literally, you'll see in some of them, see the championship, they got championship rings, right? If you. <laughs> If you get a Jose Altuve championship ring and you're a Venezuelan kid, it's like 10 Christmases all at once, right? It was just, it was just beautiful. And so we got to go and distribute those and share those with the kids and they were so excited. Uh, my son Christian, our daughter Jessie, they got to go. It was just beautiful to see them share. And then we went into one of the communities I'd never been before where people are literally just building a house on land that's not theirs with whatever they have. I still have like so many bug bites from walking to that community. Like I want to send some, I I didn't, it's just, it was hard. No electricity. 
And we met the most beautiful young girl. This is Lady. Um, Kristen got to go spend some time uh, inside of their little house they've just built on dirt floors. And Lady is, she's 15, Kristen, is that, she's 15 years old, 15 años, and, she, uh, and she's battling leukemia. You can't tell there. Um, but she's battling leukemia with very limited access to any health care, right? And I just, I just wonder, when, uh, during Lent, sometimes it helps me to have somebody to pray for. For years in Venezuela, literally part of what I would do when I had a hard day is I would remember this brother. You could see the cars were going across the bridge. That happened in the last week that the bridge opened. Before, you could, it was only foot traffic, so everybody carried everything. And I'll never forget. I will never forget being at the border one day and seeing this man literally with a washing machine because just the supply chain was shut down in, in Venezuela, right? We had trouble here, so imagine there. And this guy, literally, he had a washing machine on his back. And he just, one step at a time, right? He just, and I, whenever I have a bad day, I think about that guy, right? Like, whatever I'm doing today, it's not as difficult as carrying a washing machine to Venezuela, right? And maybe when you have a bad day during this Lent, would you pray for lady? who's living in un impossible conditions and battling a disease that none of us would want at 15 years old and doing it with great faith and with a smile and with laughter. Um, we just distributed hamburgers, part of what you learned there, one of the reasons we did that party. It doesn't take you long. Ask any kid, what's your favorite food? Hamburguesas, hamburguesas, hamburguesas. Everybody, they love hamburgers. And uh, if you give somebody a hamburger, you got a friend for life. Um, I'd love for you to pray for her. And I would love for you to think about in this season, what would it look like to see your faith grow, to see your generosity grow? I, I believe, Ecclesia, that this Lenten season, as we prepare for Easter, it's a time of transformation for us internally. And this is my bet for you, that not one of you, if you lean in and you join one of these groups, and there's literally, you'll hear about it at the end of the service, there's every kind of group, people doing all kinds of things, a lot of meals, different people you can gather with. There is nobody in this room that will get to Easter and go, my big regret is that I took four or five nights over recent weeks and I spent time with people of faith and got to know. There is nobody that will get to Easter and go, I regret doing that, I promise you. I do believe you will regret if you don't do it and you spend more time scrolling the internet or binging Netflix or overeating or whatever else you and I both do to um, consume our time. And my hope and prayer is that we would lean in and that we, I'm so proud of who we are as a church, that we'd be even more of who God made us to be in this next season. So as we come to communion, will you join with me in this Lenten season to say, God, I'm open, my hands are open to whatever you want me to do. And maybe, isn't it great to hear the sounds of our kids in this room? It, you, you may not realize, but our, as much as we love these kids, right? When, when we're there at the school and you, you're just reminded, like God loves Venezuelan kids just as much as our kids, right? And did, you heard what this kitchen did, right? The story, right, they rented that building. It didn't have a kitchen in it. You know why it has a kitchen in it? Because I came back here and I mentioned in the sermon, like, they want to build a kitchen to feed people, but it costs 30 grand, right? And one guy at Ecclesia goes, got it. 
and we built a kitchen. We built a kitchen. Did you hear what she did? Did you process the numbers that during the pandemic they're like, well, we ramped up to 200, then we ramped up to 300, and then, oh, what the heck, let's do 1,000 a day, right? 1,000 meals a day that I tell you when we sit with those kids, it's not just like food. It's, got, it's the rule of what we have. It's good food, right? And we ate the same meals with the kids every day. And I, you ask these kids, like, what do you feel about that meal? They're, I don't remember ever having a school lunch that I was just unbelievably excited about. But these kids were like, it was plantains and it was meat and it was rice and it was good. And Egosia, there's somebody here ready to answer that next call, right? And whatever that is, I want to be a part of it and I want to be a part of it with you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.